0: Man, thanks, Pastor Stevie. Good morning, church. Hey, I'm gonna invite my best friend and beautiful wife of almost 30 years up here. She has some gifts. My wife, her love language is gifts. Mine's not. So this was 100% her idea. Um, We are teaching the five love languages. That's our life group. Is five love languages. And if you want to teach a life group or do a life group, man, let Pastor Stevie know. Um, I was even thinking if street bikes. Like if you guys have. Street bikes. Like, you want to go riding. Man, make a life group. We're going to do a dirt bike one because I like dirt bikes. Um, and so anyway, so my best friend had this idea last night in the back room. She says, we should get some gift cards. And I said, what? Like, why? Because <laughs> that's how I am with presents. And she's like, people need gifts. People need presents. Now, she gets plenty of presents, right? That's her, that's her love language. Um, her love language costs me yeah. something. Mine is physical touch. It costs nothing but time, baby. Um, so, give it up for my beautiful wife. She's got some things to give away.
1: So, if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet, I'm Chris. You didn't already catch that. He's mine. All mine. Which is pretty cool. And we have been married, is it 30 years? 30 or years in August. 30 years in August. Yeah. 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 So... And I we just, still like each other. We yeah. do. We like each other a lot. A lot. So last service, if you missed out, he made this comment about chasing me around with a leash. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Who no. in here for no, that? No, no, no. Yes. Y- y- see, this is
0: what marriage is. She heard that completely wrong. No.
1: No, she didn't. i said I
0: said, hey, you can't ruin my lions. I said, I am... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, how about not in church? (laughs) Tomorrow's Valentine's Day. You can... uh...
1: I just want to throw it in there for a quick one. Okay. Besides that, I wanted to see who we have in here today that has been married the longest because you have so much wisdom to offer. So, if you've been married, let's start with 30 years or up. Stand to your feet.
0: 30 and up. 30 and up. Oh.
1: 40 years. Everyone else can sit down. Awesome. 50 years? 50? 50. 55.
0: You gotta, 55 years? You've got you to go f- longer than that. 60?
1: 60? Wow. That's amazing. Wow, 60 wow, years. wow. 61? Look at you.
0: 61 years.
1: Wow, congratulations. Take your husband to dinner. Dinner, dinner, dinner. And this is for who's been married the least amount of time. So let's start with one year. If you've been married for one year, go ahead and stand to your feet. Do we have newlyweds? <laughs> uh, newlywed? Ne- that it is? All His right. These lights are a little hard to see.
0: OK. So how long have you been married?
1: How long have you been married? One year. OK, uh, cool. Congratulations, awesome. Congratulations, sweetie. Oh, do drop that baby. OK, we got one last one. Do we have anybody that's engaged? Anybody engaged? In the back? Stand the back. up so I can see. Make sure there's not more than one. I think they should practice walking down the aisle. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All, right. All right. Okay, awesome. yes, yeah, come on down. Yay. I love this. This is so fun. And look, at, they have these awesome jerseys on you guys. Dun, dun, they look dun, great.
0: Dun. Wait, what number is his? He's, what number is his? I can't see it.
1: 40
0: and 12. Okay, 40 and 12. 40 and 12. Awesome. Congratulations.
1: Congratulations, you guys. There you go, babe.
0: All right. Thank you, babes, for the gifts. Amen? Because it didn't even cross my mind. And that's, that's why it's awesome to have her around. I uh, heard this story about this guy who was introducing uh, the preacher, like yeah, this, this guest evangelist. And so he talked to the crowd. He's like, hey, We're welcoming, you know, Jim Bob. He's been married 60 years. And everybody's like, Yeah! And then he goes to four different women. <laughs> Perspective is an interesting thing, isn't it? All right. I thought that was kind of funny. But hey, I am so thankful you're here today. Thank you so much for tuning in if you're online um, or if you're catching this after the fact. Um, We are on a series called Climate Change, and um, I'm excited about this whole series, and it's going to end next week. Uh, Scott's going to be speaking next week. Pastor Stevie did a great job last week. Uh, We have a great preaching staff. We really do. I am thankful. Um, I get to do Wednesday nights all pretty much all the time, unless I'm sick, and I call Pastor Stevie on Wednesday at 2 o'clock and go, hey, bro, you're preaching. Um, sometimes I fake sick just to get him, like, all, of, yeah. that's not true, because I love it. But our Wednesdays, we go uh, verse by verse. So if you're new to our church family, uh, Sunday mornings, we kind of have a theme that we go with that, but our Wednesday nights, we're going through Genesis uh, verse by verse, and it's just a great thing, uh, because I have to dig really deep for Wednesdays. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. So if you enjoy that, the verse-by-verse, that's what our Wednesday night's about. Um, And this place is pretty full. I mean, we have a real happening Wednesday night service. So, uh, all right, this is out of a series that my wife and I taught uh, at a marriage conference a couple years back. And so we developed a three- to four-part series. Um, And this is the the, the marriage part of it. Um, Now, if you're not married, don't tune me out because this will apply to any relationship that you have, whether it's a relationship with God, whether it's a relationship with your boss, or a relationship with your dog. All right, you have a relationship with something, and so what we're going to talk about today, a lot of it is pointed toward marriage, uh, but you can apply it to uh, just pretty much any relationship that you have. I will tell you this uh, your marriage matters, okay? The title is When Me Becomes We, and and we're going to go through this whole thing and what that looks like. Um, Now, with Chris and I, if you don't know our story, we met in Bible college, and I wasn't looking for a wife, she was definitely looking for a husband. Uh, but we knew each other about three years before we got married, and um, and I will tell you that, that when we first met, okay, we didn't have all these, oh my goodness, she's the one, like, she's the one. And some people will ask that question, you know, do you think there's only like one perfect person in the whole world just for you? And I say, absolutely not. That only happened one time, and that was in the Garden of, of Eden, Adam and Eve, they were the only two. So that happened. Here's why when people say, well, do you think there's just this is one person just for me? No, because if somebody marries the wrong person, it messes up the rest of the pyramid scheme. Right? That's not the way it is. Um, and so don't, don't buy into that lie that, well, I just married the wrong person. No, you married the right person. When you said I do, they became the right person. Okay, So you can't be like, oh, I married the one. No, you didn't. Uh, you married the one and you made the choice. <laughs> you chill. You said I do. All right. Uh, yeah. You said I do and maybe you didn't know some things. All right. We're going to get into that uh, later on. In a couple months, Chris and I, we're going to do our, our, like, our marriage thing. And again, whether you're married or not, whether you're looking or not looking or staying away, uh, you still need to hear what is taught. Like relationships are really important. When me becomes we, again. So the goal of this lesson isn't to create a perfect marriage or a perfect relationship. So get that out of your mind. But it's, it's developed to create better relationships, okay? better marriages. And again, we're kind of targeting marriage today because, uh, you know, there's a day tomorrow. Is it Halloween? Yep. Tomorrow? No, it's Valentine's Day, right? And yesterday as I was talking to my wife, because again, she's my best friend. I said, you know, I, I don't look at one day a year to go, okay, I got to be, I, I try to make Valentine's Day every day. Amen. Like I want to love her the best I can every day. Um, and, and that's just, that's the goal. It's not always perfect, but that's the goal. So again, we're not here to create perfect marriages, perfect relationships, but better ones. And so I, I hope that, get, that gets into your mind when we go into this. I will tell you this, every relationship is a work in progress. Every relationship is a work in my walk with God is a work in progress. It's something that I have to take energy, I have to take effort, I have to pray, I have to, I have to do my part to make the relationship better. Because God does not have to do anything to improve His relationship with me. God and Jesus are up there going, you know, I just kind of failed Stan yesterday. I wasn't very nice to him, so I really need to work on that. So Jesus would just hold me accountable when I'm, you know, kind of gruff with. Then <laughs> when God's gruff with me is because I deserved it. Amen. God does not have to improve Himself. Okay, He is perfect. Yeah. Jesus is perfect. It's us that that have the problem. And you've probably heard it said that if you're, you know, feeling far from God, guess who moved? Okay, because God does not move. God is omniscient. He's everywhere at once. But every relationship is a work in progress, and the challenge is to be patient in the process. Don't expect. I'm sorry. Yeah. Don't expect perfection. Aim for improvement. Don't expect perfection. Aim for improvement. Yeah, we expect perfection a little more than we would like to think in the other person. Now, if you're a mature adult, you go, okay, I'm expecting some things out of myself, and I can fail myself and go, man, I need to do that better. But don't expect perfection. Aim for improvement, which is much more achievable. Expecting perfection simply sets you up for disappointment, and that's really what the lesson today is about. Is is we get disappointed because we didn't get uh, what we wanted? Um, a statement you never have to make to somebody is this. Well, I'm not perfect. You never have to say that again. Okay, in marriage counseling, I've heard this a lot, and it's usually followed with a but. Well, I'm not perfect, but okay. What they're saying is, well, I'm not perfect, but they're less perfect, right? Because anything that's followed with a but nullifies what you just said. Like, I love you, but... but. (laughs) Hey, baby, I love love you. All right? I can say that. I can flirt with my wife, and I'll do it in church, church. Okay? I'm going to teach you how to flirt with your spouse, okay? Uh, Don't be flirting with anybody else's spouse. We will deal with that, all right? Not a good thing to do, but we'll get to that in our marriage thing that we do. All right? Genesis chapter two, where did it all start? Okay, we have to we have to come back to where did relationships come from? Where did marriage come from? God invented marriage, church, he did. God invented sex, he did, and he made it to be good. Okay, God invented it. All right. The devil can't ever improve on anything that God creates. Okay, that's the lie of pornography. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but but God made marriage. He made sexuality. He made it to be good. And, and marriage and sexuality is sacred. Okay, there's a bond that comes with intimacy, physically and spiritually. The Bible says the two will become one. Uh, God made it clear that marriage is between a man and a woman. Period. Amen. Period. Man and a woman. It's what the Bible says, okay? And if you're a Christian, you have to go, okay, well, the Bible says man and a woman, that's says We can't add woman and woman, man and man, okay? There, there's sin and there's forgiveness and there's grace, but we cannot let the world define what marriage is. The Bible has already done it. Amen. The world did not invent marriage. And when you don't invent something, you don't have a say of, of how to rename it. Amen. Come on, somebody. It's good preaching, okay? It's the way it is. God made a man and he made a woman. That's the only way you can procreate. All right. So here's what God says. And I'm going to back up just a little bit. I missed a really good verse. God made the animals and all this stuff. And then he looks down and he goes, it's not good for a man to be alone. I will be a helper suitable for him. Now, God is not admitting that he didn't make Adam perfect. God didn't make Adam out of the dirt and go, oh, flawed. He needs help. Now, you and I, men, we need help, right? We need help. So, so ladies, you were intended to be a helper, not a takeover or a helper. Sometimes helping is just keeping your mouth shut and not telling them how to drive. Come on, somebody. Now, I can go the other direction because I hear a lot of women groaning right now. Now, ladies, I'm on your side too. He needs to be a little kinder to you, doesn't he? A little sweeter, a little more helpful. All right? Well, that calmed them right down. It's amazing it's, it's amazing what an understanding pastor can do for the heart of a woman in his church, right? Okay. We need help. We all do. Yeah. But there's a point where a helper can be an overtaker, like where you think they can do everything. And, and I, I had, we had a little marriage moment the other day. It wasn't quite, it was, it was just a mini nuke. It wasn't a full explosion. Uh, but I was, I was navigating something on the computer and my, my finger, my mouse was slower than her mind. And she was like, you need to click the play button. As I'm moving the little mouse toward the play button, and I'm like, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm getting there, baby. I'm getting there. She's just grinning. And I got like Valentine's Day's coming up, so I have to be nice. I got to react appropriately. And, and so we had a little mini little discussion there. And, uh, but again, she saw what needed to happen, and I was doing what happened. But she had, you, know, you ever have those moments? And and, and then there's things, and then the fight started. Well, fortunately, it didn't here. But those little things can really spin you up sometimes. Like the little tiny things is what can get you. So God says, okay, I'll make a helper suitable for him. And again, so he backs up just a little bit after he made the animals and he named them. And then they back up in the verse here. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused man to fall into a deep sleep. Ladies, when your husband goes to sleep, leave him alone, it's from God. He's probably praying, right? Saturday morning, he should be mowing the yard or, or doing whatever. And maybe he's just laying before the Lord. Maybe he's working on his marriage. So men use that verse to your advantage, even though that's not what it means. Um, because we do that all the time with the Bible, right? He goes into his deep sleep. God was the first anesthesiologist and he puts Adam to sleep. He does this surgery, brings the rib out, makes a woman out of it. And, and Adam wakes up and you know the old joke and he wakes up, he goes, whoa, man, <laughs> Like she's hot. Okay, and and she was, right? He made them perfect. So he made a woman from the rib that he'd taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, now this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So there's, there's permission here to leave the home. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. So apparently, when you get married, you, you can't live with his parents, but you're free to go move in with her parents. No. <laughs> yeah. it's Bible, right? It uh, doesn't prohibit it. Just a little ad thing there. All right. But God made it clear. Marriage is between a man and woman. Okay. I have heard people say, well, I just met my soulmate. You know they usually say that about somebody that's not their spouse. No, your spouse is your soulmate. Okay, then that's clear. That's why we're establishing this foundation. God made marriage. God says the two will become one. Okay, he or she is your soulmate. Is that they're your soulmate? You're 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 mated. You're sold together, right? You you have different souls, but you understand what I'm saying? Okay, that is your soulmate now. So don't be looking for the soulmate because you're already married to him or to her. So me becomes we. You get married and then you got to flip the M upside down to make it a we thing. And we struggle with this. We, we don't think we do, but we do. And that's what today's lesson is really about is how do we deal with this? Okay. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse 28, uh, the apostle Paul is talking about marriage, which is kind of funny because the guy was never married. Isn't it cool when, when somebody who's never done what you do for a living can tell you how to do it? Like, there's going to be some people today, you guys are going to be mad, or, or maybe nobody cares about the Rams or Bengals. Uh, do I have any Rams or Bengals fans in here? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Uh, so you don't have to care who, who wins or loses today, just enjoy the game. All right, uh, I do know that, that Cooper Cup is a is a. At least what I see publicly is an outspoken Christian, all right? I mean, they talked about their faith in Jesus Christ. So I I didn't know that until this week. So um, I, because of my prayer life and my relationship with God, I can kind of determine who wins Super Bowl. So I'm actually praying for the Rams now. Oh, the love. Oh, the love. That's why I don't wear a jersey on Jersey Sunday. Here's the deal. I don't care who wins today. As long as it's a good football game, I don't even care. Can somebody say good and football at the same time? That's the question. All right. So Paul is not married, but the guy, he knows some things. And he's talking to the Corinthians. The Corinthians wrote this letter to Paul. And they have these questions about marriage and all the relationships. And so to the best of his ability, it's God's word. Okay, he's he's anointed by God. But you will find that Paul's opinion, and he tells you here, is intertwined and woven into the word of God. So God allows a writer's personality to come out in the word of God. So let's be clear. 100% word of God. Got it? 100%. Hundred percent, but it's also hundred percent Paul, who's who says some some things that you're like, well, that's kind of weird. So God says this: it is good for man to not be what alone. He says that. Well, the apostle Paul, an unmarried guy, he was a young man when he became a Pharisee, uh, and and he he. Tried to serve God in his own way until he met Jesus, and then his whole life changed, okay, like many of you. And he's got this idea in his mind, if you read the whole context, he thinks Jesus is coming back in days, if not weeks or months. I mean, he's like, Jesus is coming back really soon, we just need to be ready. So you've got to understand his context. So if you want to read a lot about marriage, read First Corinthians chapter 7, um, and the whole thing is about relationships. And he says this, now about virgins. I have no command from the Lord. God hasn't really made it clear to me, but I give a judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. There is. I know Jesus enough. I know the word of God enough. Then I'm going to give you my take on what I believe. He says this because of the present crisis. (laughs) We don't know what the crisis is. Like, we don't know what's happening. I'm kind of thinking he thinks Jesus is coming back super soon. Like, just he's going to come back really soon. He says this, because of the current crisis, I think that it is good for you to remain as you are. And what he's saying is unmarried. Now, if you're not married and you're having all these crises in your unmarried relationship, I would say you need to put the brakes on, bro. Like if you're going at it and and I've known people like, well, when we get married, all of our problems will go away. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, no. What I have found is marriage actually reveals some things because there's some things that you're willing to say to your, your betrothed when you're dating that that are pretty limited. But once you get married, it's all hands on deck. Like I'm going to tell you everything. I think marriage actually makes it harder. Okay. It makes it harder. And you think when you're dating, oh, we can just talk about everything, you know, and it says, la, 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 la. And the la, 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 la is okay. That's all it is, la, 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 Because pretty soon after you're married, it's like, la, 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 la. I can't not listen to you, right? It changes. Marriage changes something. Why? Because the devil doesn't like Marriage. Now, not every marriage problem is caused by the devil, but he definitely has a part to play in it. Why? Because he will try to destroy everything God made to be good. That's what he does, all right? He's a destroyer. So, so as we go into what Paul's saying here, you need to, to think about the whole picture. He says, because of the present crisis, I, I think it's good for you to remain as you are. Are you married? Do not seek a divorce. Are you unmarried? Do not look for a wife. What? Because the same guy here he says, yeah, don't, don't look for a wife unless, and Pastor Stevie has a great story, unless you're burning with passion, okay? Why? Because Pastor Stevie's story is every single man's story in this church, right? And I will let him tell the whole thing, okay? because Paul's like, don't, 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 don't get married unless, if you're burning with passion, get married. He said, because there's so much immorality. He's like, if, if you've got passion." when he's talking about, he's not talking about just passion. He is talking about sex. When he says it, he's talking about burning with sexual desire, sexual passion. He's like, if you're burning, get married because you're gonna end up sleeping around if that's the case. So he's, he's telling you at one point, hey, if you're not married, don't look for him. Again, his mind is Jesus is coming back really soon and then he tells us why. He says, but if you do marry, he's like, if you do marry, okay, you have not sinned. If a virgin marries, she has not sinned. And this is why he says what he says, this verse here. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And, and, I, and I want to spare you that. He's like, I want to spare you that. He's like, uh, if you do marry, okay. He's like, I wish all men were as I am. Because he wasn't married and never got married. He, he died, like, without ever getting married. I don't know, never had any kids. And, and I, I was like, you know, he may have been okay with that, but most men and women aren't. He's like, I wish you were all that, man. I don't know. Again, I don't, he wasn't a eunuch, I don't think. All right. I think he had passion and whatnot, but his, the whole focus was to serve Jesus. And that was his calling. And aren't all the men going, am oh, God, that's not my calling. I like being married because <laughs> I love being married. Okay. Yeah. If every man listened to Paul's advice about not getting married, the world would die in one generation. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody'd have any kids, right? So again, context is really important here. But he, he, again, he's thinking that Jesus is coming back. And here's what he says in verse 29. This is why I tell you this. He says, what I mean, brothers, is that the time is short. And then he goes on. He says this verse that, that we could deal with the other time. He goes, from now on, those of you who have wives should live as if they have none. <laughs> and all the men are like, yeah! You know? And if you live like you have none, there ain't going to be no Valentine's Day for you tomorrow, pal. Um, <laughs> It's just true, right? So again, you got to read the whole context, but, but we're focusing on this. Those who marry will face many troubles in this life. So let's go on with the message. Paul's not saying that marriage is a bad thing. Okay, marriage is awesome. I love being married. I can't imagine not being married. I'm married to my best friend. I love it. Okay, if it's healthy, it's awesome. When it has those little troubles is when it's trying. But let me tell you something. Even in an amazing marriage like mine, okay, and it's not perfect Okay, it's great, I love it. We still have our battles. We still have our issues, okay? If you don't know me or my wife, uh, we're both a little hard-headed. I mean, she's quite a bit more hard-headed than me, but I'm, I'm no, I'm hard-headed. Like, I am I'm the one that usually has to apologize first, right, it's like, okay. Uh, and, and so, we're both kind of strong-willed people, and, and God can use that if it's channeled in the right direction. The problem is if we look at it as we do a Super Bowl game, okay, because says a Super Bowl, here's, here's the deal. You got two teams today. They're gonna do all they can to win the game. Everything is about winning today. There's not one coach going to the other coach. Well, no, you haven't had a win for quite some time. So we're just gonna go ahead and call some plays. Hey, here's the play we're gonna call next. Just, just so you know, he's sending a text. Me, we're gonna run 007, because I don't know football very much, um, whatever that is, all right. And just so you know where the ball is gonna be. No, you have two coaches that are absolutely determined today to win the game. And in a marriage, when you approach your marriage like two teams that want to win and get to the other end zone, and you fight and you collide and you go, you will not have a happy ending. You might have one win, but you will have one that loses. And when one loses, you both lose. You cannot approach marriage like a game, like a scoreboard, like, okay, we're going to fight against one. It just doesn't work. Okay, it doesn't work. A a marriage is a team thing, okay? It's similar, okay? I would say that that Paul, again, is being real here. Okay, you put two imperfect people together and expect smooth sailing all the time. You're only fooling yourself. Okay, the only smooth sailing is when you're sitting in the dock in a really nice harbor, all right? But that's not what you were designed to do. You are designed to get out of there. So marriage is similar to owning a car or a home. It's great, but there's a responsibility that comes with it. You get a home, you get a car, there's costs, maintenance insurance, there's grass demo, there's oil changes, there's a lot of things you gotta do. Stuff's gonna break, you just have to expect that. Every spouse comes with a tag that you don't see until after the wedding, you know what the tag says? Maintenance required, okay? And most of us hide that tag. We're pretty good at hiding it, okay? Maintenance required, okay? I think about puppies and babies. Puppies, everybody loves a puppy and a baby. Right, you get a newborn and somebody comes in, you're like, oh, that's so cute, I want one, I want one. And the mom's like, huh? Because sleep deformation is a real thing, it okay? Is. And the baby's cute as long as you can give it back, or a puppy. You get a puppy and it's like, oh, it's so cute, I want one, right? I want a puppy. And then, and, then you get, and then the puppy grows. And then you feed it, and when you feed it, biologically things happen. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: My wife stepped in it yesterday. <laughs> She's like, oh, my boot. And they're cute boots. And I like, had to put them in the back of the truck for the trip. I was like, dumb dog. And the dog was like, ah. All right. I was like, you should have went outside. And it, it, here's the deal. We, we chose to get a puppy okay, 10 years ago. And he's still pooping. Amen. <laughs> Amen. OK? Relationships can be messy. Amen. I want a puppy that doesn't poop and a baby that doesn't scream. Okay. That would be a fake one, right? It D- doesn't happen that way. But puppies and babies are cute until they grow. Okay, I was reading This guy wrote a book that I was, I'm reading. A guy I met. Um, he wrote this story when he was a kid. He said, I wanted a dog. And I just wanted a dog, wanted a dog, wanted a dog. And his, his dad and mom finally said, OK, we're going to get you a puppy. But it's yours, 100%. It's yours. I think he was 10. So he gets this dog. And he said, I was so happy. It was like laying on my bed. It was man, And he said, in three days, the honeymoon was over. That thing was barking and pooping and peeing and eating. And he said, I started realizing that thing that I thought was so cute and so fulfilling required maintenance. And it wasn't fun anymore. Right. It wasn't fun anymore. And we can look at marriage like that. We can look at it as, well, I just had this expectation of what it was going to be like. And it's not like that. So it's not fun anymore.' No, you you have to know what you're getting into. And sometimes you don't even know what you're getting into until you get into it. Like, nobody can prepare you for marriage. No amount of marriage counseling can prepare you for actually being married. Amen. I've learned that, all right? So that's why you have me to tell you what's up with it. <laughs> to some extent, you married a fixer-upper. You just got to believe that. Okay, some of you, you had a new paint job on the outside, but on the inside, you were a fire sale. <laughs> it's like, wow, it looks great. The signing's outside, right? And, and then you go inside and you're like, what? <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Life happened. But you said I do, baby. (laughs) Now you're me, right? And then the remodeling takes place, all right? Church families, we're all fixer uppers. There is no perfect church. Like, if you find it, don't stay there because you'll ruin it, right? Because we're all imperfect. We're all fixer-uppers to a point, all right? So again, when you, when you get married or you get a job, you have a kid, you buy a car or a house or a church, uh, you get a church family, you enter this commitment with desires and expectations, you have in your mind how things are going to go. And most of the time, they're unrealistic, right? So you have ideal and then you have what's real. Ideal is what? Ideal is what you would want to see, ideal is like, okay, this is what I want to see, but then you have real, and that's what you will likely see. That's what you will likely see. Guys, Valentine's Day is tomorrow, okay? Don't forget that. But let me tell you something. If you have been mean to her lately, if you have not been nice to her lately, if you've not been complimented, if you've been picking at her, good luck tomorrow. (laughs) Love you, good luck. Right, ladies? I I expect a big amen out of that. Ladies, if you haven't been respecting him, if you haven't been nice to him, if you haven't been meeting his needs, you know, needs, needs, okay? If you haven't been doing those things that he, he needs from you, you might get a card tomorrow, but it might be from the Dollar Tree. <laughs> might be the cheapest one out of obligation. I got to get one or else. Around. All right. Now, one thing I've learned thing about cards is my wife likes expensive cards. She does. I bought her dollar store cards for a long time. I was like, oh, that's cute. Oh, was 50 cents. And, and, I'll, and I'll say, hey, babe, it was a dollar store, but it was marked half off, so here you go. She's never been proud of me for finding a half-off card. I realized that, that, that it has to be nice, because my wife's very creative, that she's that type, and, and, and it has to say the right things. So here's what I do, Katie, Chris, here's what I do. I go to, I go to the expensive aisle now, because I learned this lesson in the way about three years ago. And I was like, 10 bucks is not worth a cold shoulder, so you buy a nice card, and I read it, and if it makes me cry, like if I get teared up, I'm like, this is the right card. And the card might say, you're paying too much for this Hallmark card, but it's got to sponsor our TV shows. Um, no, now if I read it and it says something that is with me and my wife, because she's my best friend, I love her, and literally, if it makes me tear up, I'm like, this is the card, this is the card. And it can't just be the card. It has to have a coffee card inside the card. Little thing, right? So there's there's a thing to know love languages or not. Now, you know, your wife may not like cards, but you got to figure out what the love language is, which is why we're teaching the class. But you have ideal and you have what's real. Where do we get our idea of what marriage or relationship should look like? Okay, Let's talk about that for a little bit. All right, Where, where do we get this idea of what marriage or relationship should be like? Some people think it's from our parents, and and you might so, yeah, we get it from our parents, but that's but a lot less than you think. Why is that? Because if you came from a home that your parents treated each other bad, or maybe they divorced or maybe they fought, maybe there was a lot of friction there. You still, most of you still got married. Yeah. You still got married believing mine's not going to be like that. Okay. Yeah. I grew up in a home. My parents are probably watching online right now. They're on a mission in Maui <laughs> suffering for Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They go there because they like each other. They love each other. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's their trip, all right? And that's cool for me because I grew up in a home that was healthy. I grew up in a home that, that dinner was always at 6 o'clock. My dad worked hard, came home from the woods. And, you know, Mom met him with a glass of iced tea. We took his boots off. There was this relationship. Okay, he, 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 he taught me something. Before I got married, he said, compliment the cooking. Right. Compliment the cooking. Like, even if she makes something that's not great, compliment it. Why? He says, because if you quit complimenting the cooking, she's going to quit cooking. I was like, oh, that's pretty good wisdom, okay? And there's more than one way to compliment cooking, okay? There's more than one way to compliment cooking, okay? And we both need those compliments, all right? So, so I grew up in a home that I thought marriage works. Marriage is fun. My mom and dad love each other, all right? And, and so I had this idea. And so I grew up in, and I've told you this before, I, I grew up in Levi to Beaver's house. Chris grew up in the Simpsons' house. Like literally, like, ah, you know, all this craziness. And then you put them together and you expect them to get along, Different idea, right? When, when Chris's mom and dad fought, they, mom moved out, took Chris with her when we lived somewhere else. That's not how my family worked. We worked it out. Don't move out, work it out. Amen. And, and that's, that's, that's what I grew up in. So just to tell you that is that you can get two totally different types of people that have different experiences and marry them and have a great marriage. So don't be blaming your past, okay, for, for your marriage problems, okay? Does it factor in? Sure it does, Okay. But here's what I believe. Okay, people get married believing, well, my, my, you know, my parents got divorced. They hated each other. But I'm going to get married, and mine's going to be different. Mine's going to be different. Mine's going to be different. Here's what I believe. I believe that today's generation, especially, probably not 100 years ago because they didn't have social media or movies or Disney. I believe that today we get our idea of what a marriage should be from romance novels, pornography, okay, which, guys, is terrible for you just so you know. Don't ever let anybody lie to you that you need porn in your marriage. That It will take your marriage the furthest away from a good sex life. It destroys you, okay? It does. It just does. man. we know we, we like the way God made women, okay? We know that every man is, or every normal man is tempted by that, but it will take you so far away from what you're trying to achieve. It's just, it's Satan's cheap, you know, cheap imitation of what God made to be beautiful. So, That's okay. It's not like that, okay? We get romance novels, pornography, movies, social media, Disney. They play a big part in how we view marriage and how it should be. We have reality shows called The Bachelor, okay? Never seen a whole episode, I don't think, but I've seen enough to go, so phony. Like, it's just all lust. And if one guy's got to kiss 20 women to figure it out, if you're a godly woman, you shouldn't be there anyway. But if he's got to kiss 20 other women, just ditch him. Right, I mean, and then you got the oh, he's like some other guy. Cry me a river, like it's, you know, watch something different than that. Okay, that's not real life. Like I've always said that you always know. Uh, I don't even know if they have um, soap operas anymore, right? But I could always tell flipping through the channels in the old days. Um, On a soap opera, is you have this handsome dude that's you know got his shirt off and he's home in bed with flowers in the middle of the day when he should be working, and he's got some cougar fifty year old woman chasing after him and he's twenty. I just said that in church, didn't I? Yeah, Uh, that's the way it's called. I was just trying to be relevant to today's culture, right? Okay, you know there are always happy relationships in in soap operas, all right? days of our lives. (laughs) yeah still on (laughs) they still haven't figured it out yet right it doesn't work here's what I believe it happens and and this was something I never thought about or never heard before but I I believe the Holy Spirit showed this to me recently um, meaning this week and and that when you watch romance novels and you get your idea of marriage from the world or from Hollywood it plants a comparison seed in your mind and you don't even know it you're comparing your spouse to what you're seeing on TV that is not real. Those people are getting paid to fake it. They're getting paid to act. Okay. They're getting paid to do that. Now, you know, Hallmark is a thing. It's real. And, and, the, and what I love about Hallmark is the, the suspense because you never know how it's going to turn out. Um, all right. But here's what, here's what happens, guys. Your, your, your brain gets programmed into what, this is what marriage should look like, okay? It's the puppy without the poop. It's the kid without the screaming. That's what it is. And so we think this marriage should be just, you know, stress-free. Everything's gonna be lovey and roses and flowers and it's gonna be great. That's not how it is. Comparison seed says this is what your spouse isn't. This is why social media is so dangerous. You're looking at everybody else taking their great vacations. You're like, oh, I wish I could do, you know? And and, and it it appeals to the side of you go to, my marriage isn't that. Well, their marriage isn't that either, I have seen enough, and I know enough that I've seen you know people go to Cabo, and they show they post these pictures of them, and then they're divorced a month later because that was their last ditch effort to try to figure it out. And let me tell you something: you have two people that are in love with Jesus; they're going to figure it out. Amen. Okay, they're going to figure it out. They're going to find a way to figure it out. Okay, some things like a good marriage the only time and experience can teach you. For example, when you buy a new car, there's this feeling attached to it, right? You ever got a new car? There's there's an emotion to it. I remember when I bought my F-150, you know, in 2003, it was an O2, had 10,000 miles. I got a really good deal on it. And I, I, I get a truck and I go out in the garage. And I'm like, I got a truck. I got a truck. You know why I felt that like way? Because I was driving a four-door Geo Metro hatchback for a long time. I painted, I had my painting business out of a Metro because I was cheap and I was making money, right? And I would pull up these jobs and sometimes these guys' tires were as big as my car and they would make fun of me. They called me micro-painting. That was, the, that was, it's actually Johnson's painting and repair, which is still a thing. But, but they called me micro painting and I'd put a 24 foot lit extension ladder out of the back hatchback. I had a little four by four trailer that I pulled behind and put all my paint gear in there. Cause I didn't care what you think. I was making more than you. Right. And I was getting 50 miles a gallon in that baby. Chris, we were talking about, he had a Metro too. Okay. A little three cylinder. Great. Had zero power. It'd go up horseshoe bend hill about three miles an hour, but doggone it. It would get 40 miles a gallon doing it. Okay. And, and so we, we got rid of that and, and got my truck. And I would go out and look at it, I like, oh my truck. And I washed it and clean it, because I'm kind of neat freak with like that. Amen. But after a while, that, that truck now is in my garage still. It's in the third bay. it's not Chris's is number one. My F-250 is in number two. My F-150 is in number three. All right, this is going to move out when I need to work on a motorcycle. And, and I go out, and I look at it, and I'm like, yeah, it's nice. But it's got a vacuum leak. It, the transmission went out in it recently. I put a different one in, and that one's kind of doing something funky. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I don't, I'm not enamored with it anymore. I still wash it sometimes. <laughs> like, and I, and I take care of it sometimes. And I say, yes, I try to take care of it. But I'm not enamored with it anymore. Here's, here's what I'm, I'm relating this to. Sometimes in our marriages, guys, we are so enamored with each other at first. And then the tranny breaks. And then the, there's a vacuum leak and there's things that begin to happen. Yeah. And we don't put that effort into it anymore. And we're not enamored by it anymore. And we need to be enamored by it. Right, we as best we can. And again, we're having issues. That truck again has some funky transmission things going on, even with a new one in there, and I don't know what the deal is. But I still take care of it. I still appreciate what it does for me. We use it now. I call it the ERV. It is the Elk Recovery Vehicle. That's what it is, okay? I have a winch on it, and we winch because we, we have hundreds of feet of cable. It has a winch in the back that I hook that we can winch an elk up into to, to load and do a process. All right, that's what it's used for. I will drive through the brush in this sucker. When I got it, I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, bro, scratch, because I knew every scratch, every scratch. Bob, I knew every scratch because I washed it all the time. I'm like a Friday wash person, and, and so I like clean vehicles. But, but now it's like, oh, there's scratch. It's no big deal. It's not my new one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that one. I'm go through the brush. Don't look at your spouse that way. Don't be willing to drag them through the brush and the stuff, okay, just because the feeling is not there like it was, okay? I want my pickup to last. I still care for it. I appreciate what it does for me, but it's going to break down. I get that. I don't want it to, but it's going to. Why? Because it's a thing. It's got a lot of moving parts, like a marriage, right? Uh, again, routine maintenance will prevent a lot of things, but it's still a mechanical thing with moving parts. So it's going to break. I don't look to trade it in at the first sign of trouble. And we need to take that same approach to our relationships. Some of y'all, you, you, you get these relationships and you realize, well, this is real, but we don't love each other anymore, so we just need to trade it off. That's, that, that doesn't work well. Okay, it doesn't work well. Okay, so love the person that you're married to now. Past is past. It's forgiven. Make what you're, who, not what you're married to. Make who you're married to. <laughs> All right? Sometimes you're going, what did I marry? All right? So there's some real listen to it. But I'm not going to trade it the first time I took. We need to, to take that approach to do routine maintenance on that. All right? Uh, approach marriage with the same attitude. It's awesome with issues. <laughs> I should make a t-shirt. Yeah. Awesome with issues. All right? <laughs> Maybe might, might, might be a top seller for the person who needs to give it to their spouse, all right? When I was in Spokane one time, I saw this pickup, and I'm a Ford guy, so I'm gonna say it's a Chevy. It was a Chevy dealership, and there was this pickup parked in front of the Chevy dealership. It had a big plywood sign with painted on there, it said lemon. And apparently this dealership wouldn't do anything with this. He bought the truck and they wouldn't fix anything. So he just parked it in front of the dealership on the public road that just said, I bought this here and it's a lemon, they won't do anything. Right? And it was there for a long time. That's pretty good advertising. But if you post on Facebook about your spouse, lemon, that's bad. Okay? There are no lemon laws when it comes to marriage. You can't come to your pastor and go, you know, we got married last week, but there was something I just found out. <laughs> Is there a, can I do an exchange? <laughs> I'll be like, no, you said I do. You should have figured out before. Because once you do, you did. Now you gotta work on it, okay? We have a hard time with that sometime, all right? No lemon laws when it comes to marriages. So we enter this marriage with an imaginary box of, of, of hopes and desires and expectations. And James, okay, he addresses human nature, James chapter four, verse one through two. He says this, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from that spouse you married that just doesn't do what you wanna say or what you want? Is that what that says? Oh, I'm, I'm in the wrong Bible. I'm in my own version. Um, no, on the one I wrote. No. What causes fights and, and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? Whose desires yours? The battle within you. You want something, but you don't get it. You want something, but you don't get it. Every disagreement I have had with my wife is because my expectation was not met. Now, I'm not saying my expectations were wrong. But every disagreement I get into, I, my expectations are not met. Okay. Expectations can be bad and they can be good. You have to have expectations, but they need to be realistic. So there's three things that enter that we enter a relationship with. And here's my illustration. Andy Stanley did this and I want to do it. So normal wedding. Okay, I'm with the groom and sometimes we're in the back. Sometimes we're here. So I'll just pretend like we're in this one. Uh, now this building is set up way different than our new building will be. It will be a good place for weddings. So if you want to get married, just find someone after church and get engaged and we'll do the wedding next week. No, it doesn't happen like that. Alright, so here's what I normally do. I'll, I'll be with the groom and we'll go stand over here and we'll be waiting and He's got these hopes and anticipations. And so, you know, we'll stand right here and kind of watch. Um, sometimes on the stairs, but sometimes we'll be here and we'll watch. And as soon as, you know, somebody gives you a thumbs up, um, I, I will come up here and the groom's following me. And what I, what I see is that the groom will come up carrying some imaginary boxes. So he, he comes up here and he's looking. He's got this big smile on his face and every expectation is there that I mean, she's looking good. And uh, you know he's so thankful for everybody that showed up. He's thankful for the caterers and the decorations. I mean, you know, most grooms are just looking at the decorations, going, "This is so amazing!" I, my whole life, I've been waiting for this moment. And um, oh, there's a woman in a white dress. But boy, they sure did a good job on that. That, that bunting It's beautiful. Is bunting a thing? Um, baseball term. Women have a different idea of what bunting is, but. You know, and they're looking at the colors, and man, we just we just look. At, and she comes walking in, and he's still just enamored with, with the decorations. No, oh, every guy's looking at the woman. I don't remember anything about my wedding except my wife walking down the aisle, going, "That's mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine." <That's> mine. <laughs> <laughs> the X factor of preaching. That literally says Kristen Nix. Two oh eight four one two something, something, something. For a good time. No. <laughs> <laughs> who's, 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 who's Kayla? Who's Kyle? Kyla you got two female names on one tag. Bro, this is not Utah. Um, had to go there, right? That was perfect. That was awesome. All right? I like that. My wife and Christian are both doing this. Hi. I'm doing this, too. Okay. It's because the heater's on. All right. So back to the illustration before that find. Um, all right, so you get this, this, this box or these boxes that you bring into a marriage, okay? And, and it's usually not revealed until after the honeymoon. And these boxes are called expectations, hopes, desires, expectations, all right? And, and you have these. And there's things in those. You don't always talk about them in the dating process, all right? You might mention them, and she might be like, yeah, we have a baby. He's like, yeah, oh, yeah, let's have a baby, you know, because he's thinking not a baby that poops and cries all. He's just thinking, yeah, you want a baby? I know what it takes to make a baby, so let's make a baby. So you, you get married, and then after the wedding, okay, you have this, this expectation. Ladies, maybe you think that, that you're going to get this great house, So you move to CUNA, Idaho, and you buy this for $400,000, okay? This is your house, all right? And this is what you get to live in, and you look inside, and there's all these kind of cool, there's even a little balcony right there because you have the Disney princess thing in your mind, all right? So you're expecting a home. You're expecting a home, okay? Maybe that happens, maybe it doesn't happen. In today's economy, it's pretty hard. You have to have a pretty good job. So a few months goes by, and, and, and then you're like, remember that baby we talked about? She has his expectations of a baby. And, 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 and you're like, as the husband going, I'm not quite ready for a baby yet, so let's get a dog. Right? <laughs> let's get a dog, all right? And, and so you're expecting a baby, but we probably should put it back into the hopes and desires at this point. Because at least a dog we can kind of control. Right? So let's get a dog. Dogs aren't as much maintenance. So they're pretty high maintenance, but, but you get the dog. And so you're like, okay, well, we can get a dog. You have this idea as a husband that that you're going to get a car. You're thinking this. (laughs) All right? So what you say is as a good husband, you say, baby, I want you to quit your part-time job and get a full-time job so that I can afford this. And I'm going to go to full-time to part-time so I have time to drive this during the day. Uh Like a good soap opera man. (laughs) All right. But you know that this is probably not realistic when you first get married. It might be a hope and a desire. But, but, but year after year, you're like, I really want a Corvette. I really want a Corvette. And you begin to, to look at the expectations. Here's probably reality is you probably can afford this. <laughs> That's probably realistic, okay? So, so you have this stuff that you bring in to marriage. And then I read this one story about this guy who liked to hunt. And so he marries this woman who's not a hunter, right? She's okay with it while they're dating, and then all of a sudden, he wants to go hunting. Some moose. He wants to go hunting, and this girl actually said in this book I was reading, "What'd she say?" Um, this kids pastor come out. He wants to go hunting, and she says, "Why do you want to go hunting? You have me now." So she said to him, "He's like what?" Right? <laughs> he's still him. And she was okay with it in the dating, she said, well, you have me now. Why would you want to go hunting? But it's part of him. You can't change that, right? You, you can't change that person. Okay. So she has this idea of an evening at home. So she, you know, she's like, oh, honey, we've got a Netflix. We're going to watch this movie. And, and he's got, because he she didn't check with him, he's got a softball game. And we all know where that stands at this church, <laughs> right? Because a movie can always be watched later. Ball game starts at 6.15, baby, right? And my team needs me, all right? My team needs me. So he, he was ex- had these expectations, and she had these expectations, and they collide. What do you do? You get into your 1957 Corvette, baby, and you drive off, and you go play softball. And, you're, and you've been long enough married, you're like, just call a girlfriend, watch a movie with her, because I got guys that are waiting for me, Okay. And, and, and then she's like, okay, you're right, go ahead, go play a game. No, what happens? And you have a mini nuke, right, that's just ready to go off. So in, in these relationships, you have the hopes and desires of what you want, but then you have expectations. Again, neither of them are bad, but the problem is we can put things in the wrong one. Now, tomorrow being Valentine's Day, ladies, let me just tell you something, your, your man has expectations, Okay. He has this idea that you are not going to wear this tomorrow night. That's not what he's thinking tomorrow night, all right? Let me show you what he's thinking. He's thinking, he's thinking that you're going to wear, you're going to wear that. And like like I said, I ain't going to dare bring nothing from my house into this church, okay? That's what he's thinking. Again, there's expectations. And a wife could go, well, I'm cold, and I thought you wanted me to be comfortable. This literally is my wife's Jedi outfit. Okay? It's got the pockets for the heater. It's got the hoodie over your head for don't look at me, don't even think about it. Um, So I was like, maybe this might be a little bit too nice, because all your ladies, actually, I had a lady before. she go, can I have that? I'm like, no, it's my wife's. Um, All right. So is this an expectation or, you know, he, again, you have these desires, expectations, hopes. And, and the, here's the problem guys is we put them in the wrong box. Like we go into a marriage with the, the hopes and the desires, going to hope this happens and, and this is be great. And we begin to put them into the expectations box. And let me tell you what that does. A hope and a desire, a hope is like on a low level. It's like a number one. It's like, well, I hope it happens. I hope my team wins. I hope this a desire. It's like, I really want this to take place. I mean, it would be great, okay, let me paint it this way. Let's say you like a clean house, and you come home, and you have, you like, I hope the house is picked up. I hope it's picked up. So you walk in, and it's not picked up, right? And, and you're like, okay, that well, was just a hope. I desire it to be picked up and clean, and, and the desire's a little strong. You walk in, and you're a little disappointed, like, oh, man, I was really, de- I desired it to be clean, but it's not. But when you bring, when you bring this home, when you bring an expectation, exp- Ex potato, ex potato. That's somebody who moves out of Idaho, not to it. Um, <laughs> when you come in with expectations, okay, it's a whole new ball game. This is something that you like. This is going to be the way it is, and when and when it's not, that's when you flip out. You walk in and you're like, the house is a mess. What have you been doing all the Worst question you could ask your wife. What'd you do all day? I texted. Okay, it's communicating with the world, all right? What did you do? That's a bad bad question. All right. We have expectations, and when they're not met, we go ballistic. We can have these same things in our walk with God. We have hopes, desires, and expectations. We have to be really careful, okay, what we put in the expectations tote. Really, really careful. Because let me tell you something. A lot of people have a relationship with God based on what they can get out of it Mm. when we already have salvation and eternity. Okay? He gave everything. All right, it, 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 that, that alone is enough. Okay, So hopes, desires, expectations. What do I desire? What do I expect? We have to know what to put in what. Okay? We have to know which one to do. And there's different levels of emotion. A hope that's not met, it's not that emotional. Desire, a little more emotional. Expectation's absolutely emotional. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can ruin a whole evening by one stupid little comment. Yeah. Okay? I've told some of you the story. Chris and I were going to dinner. We were on this date. We were going down Meridian Road. And it gets me. 2 a.m., it doesn't get me. 5 a.m., it doesn't get me, because there's no traffic. It's the people I have a problem with. It's not the driving. It's the people that drive crazy. And I remember we were driving down the road, and I remember, you know, we're almost to, to Overland, and, and like, something cut me off, and I was like, ugh! And, and I made a comment, and we're going to dinner. Like, we're just, we're going to dinner. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. And I make a comment, and she makes a comment back. And all of a sudden, we're dropping mortars. <laughs> <laughs> She pulls out a RPG, <laughs> Psh, boom, and I'm, I'm like Silent Nuke. I'm like, I'm going to just go off, right? I'm just, <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're lobbing back and forth, and, and we get into it, and I'm like, okay, we're Christians. We love Jesus. We're pastors. That makes us holy. Uh, <laughs> all right, and we've got the CLC sticker on the back, and we're going at it on our way to dinner, and we stopped at the stoplight, and I said, babe, this is really stupid, huh? And she's like, yeah, you should apologize so we can have a good night. <laughs> That's not what she said, but I'm sure she was thinking it. Why? Because I was the one being a jerk. Like I was the one that took what she said and I took it like a personal affront to my manhood, you know, uh, and, but my thing is I like, I'm right. That person did cut me off. I and mean, then Chris is like, Yeah, but you're allowing it to ruin something. And and fortunately, Jennifer and Bob, we salvaged it. Like, okay, this is dumb. Yeah. I I, I don't want to tell you about the ones we didn't salvage. I have to tell you the success, right? But I've I've, I've caused those issues by just taking something said and, okay, here's the problems occur when desires become expectations. I have to expect I'm going to get cut off when I drive down Meridian Road or Eagle Road. I'm going to. I'm going to. So if I can change my perspective, like if I get in the car going, no, I'm going to get cut off twice. And I get cut off twice, I'm going, yep, I was right. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> hey, babe, you're married to a guy who's Mr. Right. Even though my last name is Johnson, there's a lot of Mr. Right's in this place. Okay. What well, she didn't know, she was married to Mr. Always. Right? Okay? At least that's what we think. Okay? So my question for you here as we move on, what areas have you allowed this to happen in? Okay, right now, like right now, whether you're married or not, you either have a job, you have children, you have a dog, you definitely have a God if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, okay? You have a relationship, okay? This applies to every relationship, your work, expectations, or hopes and desires. And whatever toe that's in is going to determine how you react to it. So it's better to have most of your stuff in this one. Expectations, faithfulness. Absolutely. Your spouse, you got married, you should be faithful. That's an expectation, right? Providing for Okay, define provision. Is it food and water or is it a brand new car and all kinds of nice clothes? Um, there, there's those things. But we have an expectation for ladies for your husband to protect you. Be your protector. Amen. Okay, some of you all your ladies. You were the protector. Like, you, like you're the one that packs the gun and, you know, he's, he, he's scared of ants and stuff. Um, but but most, most men I know, most men I know in our church, you're the protector. If somebody came into the house, you would be the one that went on the attack or the, the defense. Okay, because I know our guys. That's how you are. Ladies, you want to be loved. You want to be cared for and honored. That's an expectation and that's okay. That's the way it should be. Why? Because he made you a promise, didn't he? Amen. On that day, he made you a promise. Alright. You learned something so far? Okay, good. So if we live in a constant state of disappointment in other people, then you set unrealistic expectations. Okay, a constant, okay, state of disappointment. Not just while I was disappointed. It was if you're always disappointed constantly, then you've set an unrealistic expectations. So, if you're consistently disappointed in others, it's a you problem, and we've made the we back into what? Back into a me. we're back into me. That's what I've made it. If I'm always disappointed, I've made it all about me. And Scott, last night when we were here for prayer, he said it also can spell you. So Scott, thanks for that. Scott's preaching next week is going to be good, right? And that's true. When we make it about me, it becomes you. Okay? That's the way it is. Then you're an FFA, you're like, well, you was good, right? If you don't know what FFA is, you are not from Idaho. Um, okay? All right. It's future firefighters of America. Future farmers, if you didn't know, right? It's a wee thing, guys. It's a wee thing. So Scott, thanks for pointing that out. I love that. It was great. Let me give you an illustration. Okay. Um, Actually, no, I got ahead of myself. So there are areas that you have to lower your expectations in order to have peace in your life and relationships. Here's a question. Do I have a right, listen, do I have a right to be happy? The answer is no. You do not have a right. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have a right to be happy. We don't have a right to be happy. You know what happiness is? Happiness is this, okay? Happiness is a fruit, Okay. It's not a right. It's a fruit. Happiness is the result of something. It's the result of what happened. And in our walk with God, uh, I cannot make my wife my source of happiness. I have to make Jesus my source. If Jesus is my source of happiness, okay, she adds to my happiness. But I can't be an unhappy person and put that expectation on my beautiful wife to say, well, you need to do all this and this and this and this so I can be happy. How selfish is that? And yet we do it. We put it in the expectations box. Okay. Okay. My wife can't be my source of happiness. My source of happiness. Has, again, has to come from who? Amen. Has to come from Jesus. Okay? And when I walk with Jesus is right, let me tell you something. The Two people, again, that are serving Jesus with all their heart, they will get along. They will. They'll have clashes. Okay? And they'll be the batting of lashes. Or maybe lashes, right? <laughs> but they will get along. They will learn to get along. They will learn to forgive. They'll learn to be graceful. Happiness is not a right, it's a fruit. Okay? You're not making me happy. Okay? If we think it's a right, we're putting the pressure on someone or something to produce it for us. And when it fails to, we're tempted to move on or show our displeasure by our behavior. Let me give you an illustration, because it's winter Olympic time uh, that nobody's watching, and I, will, and I will give you a summer Olympic illustration. Okay? Summer Olympics is called the high jump, okay? and there's a bar. If you were in high school athlete or college, there's a high jump where you run, and then you jump over uh, of the bar, and you land on this big pad. Okay, if you go into a marriage and you set the the bar up really high, okay, and they're trying to jump over it and they keep knocking it off and keep knocking it off, okay, for you to go, you know what, you really need to work out more, you need to do more leg lifts, you need to go to the gym, you need to do this and this and this and this, and then you can get over the bar, that's setting unrealistic expectations. Now, you might have a hope and desire for that, okay, but that's not real, And in our relationships, we set this bar up, and we think we have the right to set the height of the bar for our spouse. And if they can't get over it, what is the wisest, most graceful thing you can do? Lower the bar, bar. okay? It's not lay it on the ground, it's lower the bar. So that they can learn how to get over it. And once they learn how to get over it, then you move it up a little bit. But guys, we inadvertently set the bar really high for others. But when we knock the bar down, we're pretty easy. Well, I'm just going to put it on this one until I get over it. We're really easy on ourselves. That's just kind of human nature. but We set this bar up high for other people, okay? The thing is, is we need to work on improving. All right, let's close this out. We come into a marriage with ideas of what marriage is like based on, again, what we've seen in our homes and movies and social media. Okay, again, looking to Hollywood for marriage advice is always a bad idea because it's a comparison trap, all right? Why do you think fairy tales end at the wedding? In the end, says what? And they lived... Happily ever after, right? There's a reason that Disney doesn't say, and two years later, yeah. <laughs> previously on Cinderella, right? Yeah. <laughs> two years later, they're like, nah, right? There's a reason they stop at the uh, <laughs> happily ever after because that's not true. It's an idea that we put into our little girls' minds, right, of what it's going to be like, but it's just not reality. Yeah. Hopes, desires, expectations, Okay. It gives this impression that a good marriage is full of happiness, joy, peace, and no struggles. That's just not real. It's just not real. Okay? So you need to understand this. If you're in a relationship now and it's hard, it's hard and you're going at it, you need to understand you're just not abnormal. Right. That happens. Yeah. Okay? Chris and I, we have our moments. We call them marriage moments. Okay? And we call it an apology most of them on my end because I make a big deal over stuff that I shouldn't make a deal over. Right? Heaven is the only place of happily ever after. Amen. Okay, and that lies ahead of us, all right? You. So if you're not right with Jesus today, this is your moment to get right with Jesus, okay? And I want to tell you something, that everything I talk to you about today, if you've not given your life to Christ, if you've not given your life to Jesus, none of what I said really even matters. Yeah. Your eternity is really what matters. But you will find when you get your walk with God right, in the right place, it gives you a foundation for getting relationships with people right, because you become a little more graceful, a little more forgiving. Yeah. Okay, And heaven and hell, guys, you, when you die, your last breath, you go to heaven and you go to hell. Well, I don't want to go to hell. How do I get out of hell? That's what the cross is all about. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Right? He, he, who invented relationships? God did. Okay. He wants a relationship with you. But when we sinned and we didn't repent of it, it broke a relationship. It, it created a distance between us. And that's why God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross and rise three days later so that we can be forgiven. All we have to do is ask him. That's the easiest thing ever, right? And here's what I believe. I believe that that God put Jesus in the hopes and desires box. Mm -hmm. Hopes and desires that some people on this earth would actually accept the sacrifice that he gave. I don't believe that God put it in the expectations because I think he knew there's a lot of people that would reject Jesus. And what you're doing when you reject Christ is you're paying for your own sin in hell for eternity. And that's not what God wants for us. So, God loved us enough to say, Yeah, a bunch of messed up people, but I love them. I want them in my home, and I'm going to give you Jesus, and what you do with it is up to you. And I don't know where your walk with God is. If you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, okay, you're good to go. Amen. Okay, you're serving God, you're doing God. Okay, I'm just saying, you don't have to get saved every week. Okay, there's some people that can count on for an altar call every week and raising your hand. You don't need to, okay? <laughs> I don't wake up every Sunday and go, Okay, I'm married, right, baby? We're still married, we're still good. No, the ring's still on the finger, okay? Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Okay. And if that's something you want to do, if I just have everybody bow their heads just for a moment, it's something that's vital. Your eternity depends on it. Okay, your peace depends on it. Your grace. And I'm gonna tell you something: if you do not have Jesus in your heart right now, in your life, there is a there's something missing and you know it, you feel it. Like there's something with life that I can't can't put my finger on it, but I've tried everything and nothing brings me peace, it's that relationship with God. And God loves you, He wants you home. All you have to do is ask him to, to forgive you of your sins and he'll do it the instant you ask. Do you need to make that decision? If you do, I'm not gonna embarrass you or point you out, but I wanna know who you are. If you just lift your hand up, say, stand that's me, I need, I need to give my life to Jesus. I don't care if you've been in church your whole life, if you've never repented of your sins and asked him to be your savior, okay, you are not a Christian. Anybody need to make that decision? Okay, this would be the glorious moment of your life to get forgiven, to get put on the right track. Okay, all right, I don't see any hands. I'm taking that as everybody's right. Okay, everybody look at me. If you are too scared to raise your hand, please don't hesitate to ask Jesus to be your savior. Okay, come find one of our pastor's staff. Okay, if you need to, talk us, we'll lead you to Christ. But you need to, you need to give your life to Jesus in order to get to heaven. That's just the way it is, okay? That's just the way it is. So, all right, I hope that everybody in this place is right with God, okay, because that's our heart. But here's your homework, okay? Here's your homework identify, and this will help you, I still have to do this, identify hopes, desires, and expectations and put them back into the proper box. Okay, What, what is it that you're facing today? You have to learn how to do this. And for me, Brian and Allison, this for me is like an everyday deal. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, got, I got this. And I'm like, oh, better just keep it in this box, right? I don't, I don't want the dog. Um, yeah. Somebody's like, he threw a dog at church. All right actually you know what let me just put this baby over here i don't want that in my box i'm a grandparent um i don't want any more children all right yeah amen all right um corvette well,
1: keep this right here baby
0: all right I'm keep it right there house I already got that every time you're disappointed it's 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 a messed up box okay Expectations are good. We need them, okay? Figure out what those are. I'm not saying put everything in that box. There are expectations. Faithfulness, right? Provision. There's expectations. Um, But know what box to put them in. Anytime you're disappointed, anytime something goes right, I I tell myself, okay, what box did I put it in? I'm like, oh, I put it in the expectations box. Mm -hmm. Okay, because I thought she could read my mind. She only thinks she can read my mind sometimes. (laughs) Men... We would be running scared if our wives couldn't know exactly what we were thinking, right? All the time, we would all be in trouble, right? Ladies, we don't know what you think about, but I know how to speak to men, all right? All right, did you learn something? Yes, I hope so, all right? Uh, sorry I went a little bit too long, but I hope it was enjoyable. I hope that, that it helps somebody. It, it helps me for sure, amen? It does. So Lord, thank you so much for this day. I thank you, Father, that you, you don't have our whole life in the expectations box, you hope and you desire that we'll live for you. Hope and you desire that we'll do the right thing. But Lord, you know that we mess up pretty consistently. And I thank you for loving us anyway. And uh, we just give you praise and thanks for that. Bless every family here. but Bless the marriages today that are just going through some hard things. Uh, Father, to be able to, to take today's lesson and apply it. to say, okay, well, let's talk about this. Where, where are we expecting and where are we hoping and how are we getting those messed up? And so we just give you praise and thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. wow. I went a long time today. I did. I did. Give me your money's worth. All right. Praise God. Hey, see you Wednesday night. Again, if you don't know, Wednesday nights, we do verse by verse. We go through the book of Genesis. It's a great study. Uh, We last about an hour. So hope you have a wonderful afternoon. If you're brand new, go to the information box and say Katie and Brandon are back there. They'll meet you.